I want to thank everyone who helps keep this whole mandala, this whole spiritual community going, keeps us in out of the elements and so on, gives us a place to practice, gives this uh, teacher the support that he needs to keep doing this. So if it means something to you, continue to help us if you can. Thank you. So if something happens over there and we hear it, smell it, taste it, feel it, and it awakens something that is under the surface and it's there all the time. Your emotions are always there. It isn't like you're walking around with no feelings, no emotions, no, and somebody comes along and takes some emotions and shoves them into you so that you can say, you or them or they or the situation caused what I'm feeling. This is untrue. And if you think it's true, you will continue to torture yourself and torture everybody that you come in contact with by blaming them for something they didn't even do. I'm not talking against cause and effect. I'm just saying that cause and effect is different, is much more complicated than the simple cause and effect. That's there too, but that is unreal. It's not that it's not there, just like anything that's an illusion, it's there, but it's unreal. So that might be a place to start. If you have a strong practice of mind training to see, sit down, hold still, observe what arises in the mind stream without grasping, without rejecting, and without shutting down. And this will allow you, help you, encourage you to see what is true yourself. Not just believing your thoughts, believing your emotions, believing what somebody said, believe what your culture says, what your society says, even what your Dharma teacher says. You need to see it. Don't believe what I say. You can consider it if you're here for the next, whether you're formally a student of mine or not, for the next, what, half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever it may be, you can consider what I'm saying and possibly even ask some questions about it. Because something happens, someone says something, does something, moves a certain way, or a situation arises, it could be any number of things. And then that seems to trigger, to use the idea of uh, something being triggered, which uh, you can come up with a better example or a better metaphor for that. You can look at that. But it seems to be that some kind of a trigger, sometimes it's a hair trigger, sometimes it doesn't take much. Just some little thing happens, and the cause and effect there is just very simple. This happens. She or they or said this or did this or didn't do this. They said they were going to do this, but they didn't. Instead of being just relating to the situation as it is, suddenly all the rage that you've been covering up for three weeks, maybe, been successful for three weeks, doing pretty good, improving, getting better. If you're listening to me, and it looks like you are for a few minutes, unless you're listening to your thoughts about what I'm saying rather than what I am saying, Big difference. I don't miss much. I don't see everything, but I don't miss much. Take your mala and turn that down. Don't ever do that again. What does that trigger? Anything? Does it trigger something? Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, and what's uncomfortable? Who's uncomfortable? 
Is there someone that's uncomfortable? I can tell you there is no one who's uncomfortable, but the uncomfortable feeling is dependently arisen and you cannot get rid of that. And you don't need to get rid of that. You can actually live your life directly, fundamentally, straightforwardly, and with some courage, some guts. Be the crap you're trying to get rid of so that you can see it is none of your business. And yet it's right just below your pounding heart in your gut. Be genuine. Be genuine. How do you do that? You have to see the way you are not genuine so that you can see that there is no self there. There's no personhood there. No matter how much of an agenda, how much propaganda is coming out of the ego. Has to be seen. You have to be aware of it. I just want to look over here on the other screen to see if... Uh, uh, Yep, there's Susan. Well, I just blew my nose, Susan, so get ready. Susan once said when I blow my nose that I'm getting ready to ramp everything up. She's wrong. The second nose blow went in the opposite direction as the first one. So Nothing causes anything else. That's the illusion. Nothing actually happens. But the illusion that this caused that, caused that, caused that, is what we buy into to reinforce and endorse the belief that there's somebody named Andy who's experiencing this, that, and this, and that, and this, and that. Someone named Beyun, or someone named Sokazan, or someone named, uh, my previous name was, what was our name again? Bob. Bob, that's right. That's Bob's name, too. Bob, Bob. Bob, 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 Bob. Does that make any sense what I'm saying? Bob, 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 Bob. I could get on here and give a whole Dharma talk and just say that. And I might. Trigger, trigger, trigger. And then the emotion, the feeling, that which has been shoved down, ignored, and stored, you could say, stored. Uh, we have technical names for that, the Alia Vijnana or Vijnana, the storehouse consciousness, is a way of talking about something that you can't even understand. We can't even, we don't even know what it is. It just seems to be some area that's loaded for bear. And when the bear shows up, we're ready to be what? Somebody going somewhere, accomplishing something, or failing, or not quite getting ahead, or never being respected. Blah, 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 blah. On and on and on. We have this all this gossipy stuff going on around the personality. And just because you see it, it, that it is unreal will not minimize it. It could become more intense because when you see it's unreal, you may stop pushing on it. And when you stop pushing it away, either with your aggression or with your explana explanation, your passion, uh, blaming someone or something or some other for how you feel, it may get more intense because you're beginning to actually see the truth. And when you begin to see the truth, you might see the size of this mountain, and it is enormous. That's why the landslide is so vast and insistent and full of direction. So how do we work with that? What do we do? I've, I could say more about that. I don't think I need to, but may come out in questions. 
My understanding is the only way you can work with that is to see it, to witness it, to actually be sit down, hold still, train your mind so that you can see clearly. And that may take a lot of looking at the fog, looking at the feeling of not getting anywhere, of not understanding anything, of being less and less clear about the confusion, of being more and more put upon by your own reactionary react, reactivity towards this or towards that or towards this. Question? Bueno? You have a question? Bueno, um, Bowen. We had an example yesterday in the news of <clears throat> a young man who took the lives of three people and left behind a a litany of, of what seemed to be hatred. So if we use this idea of triggered emotions that have been stored, do we have any say-so as to what may occur to unleash that trigger with all that stored hatred? What is it you want to know? I'm following a little bit, but Let's keep the question very clear so that I can be very clear in a response, if in fact I can even respond. In that situation, it seemed that hatred was the, the emotion that was pent up <coughs> yes. for this young man in his 20s. Yes. Is there a way that we as aspiring bodhisattvas can help that situation might not be able to help that particular situation or that person but you can start here if if uh if, if there's hatred here and you're covering it up and you don't know about it then it can it may not show up with, to that extreme but it can still roil around and it can support the the tendency to want to cover up the hatred rather than actually see what it is Let's unwrap that. Let's, as the word, the saying goes, unpack it so we can see what it is rather than shove it under the proverbial carpeting. And so that some something comes along, it's there, it's rumbling around, and then something starts to trigger it or fuel it. That person, I don't know that person, um, but probably there was no op even opportunity. The karma didn't even come to that person. You are free and well-favored. You're free to come to this meeting. You may never come again. That is your business, not mine. You're, but you're free to come to this kind of a, of a teaching. And you're, if you're here and you continue to come, then this is the way it shows up over here. You're well favored in that you don't have some, so much prejudice or stubbornness or Excuse me. Or closed mindedness or you are so much that you can't look at something or listen to some something and give it the benefit of the doubt. Actually consider it. I doubt that that the person that did that and most of the people are not ready to hear a teaching like this, not because I'm so wonderful, because I'm so wise. It's, it's not a because. It's beginning to go beyond cause and effect. That's why it's called a path of 
clarity or wisdom, not right and wrong. Right and wrong are extra. Right and wrong are about manipulating and controlling people. It's not that there isn't that someone who shoots somebody or kills somebody isn't wrong, but yeah, what, what good is that going to do? You have to go, you have to look at the fundamental situation, the fundamental disturbance, the fundamental misunderstanding. And I can tell you right now what that is, and it may take you the rest of your life to understand what I'm about to say. There is no solid self here. There is no solid self there. This is called non-duality. It is a wisdom teaching that has been around even before Buddhism. Buddhism just happens to be a way of talking about it. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Ian Mowing. Um, if we're locking down on our triggered emotional outflows in the service of becoming a better person, what what might we be missing out on? Well, rather than go that, well, Let's just talk about that rather than what you'd be missing out on. So the missing out is that's more ego talk. You're not missing out on anything. So now what do you want to know? Go ahead. Beyond dying, is it? Uh... Oh, let me, I'll help you out. You, you could become better. I mean, you beca could become relatively kinder. Uh, more considerate, you you could, but you do that at the expense of wisdom because you cover up the wisdom because it's just easier to be relatively better. If your karma is not such that is, is soft enough or easy enough that you can actually do that, you can successfully live a whole life by being a pretty nice person, easy to get along with, uh, find uh, you, you help out your neighbors, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's still a self there. There's still a belief in some solid being who's being very nice, who's not, who's a lot nicer than most people. I'm glad I'm not the way that person is. The person who, who is the murderer here is suffering deeply. That's, they're suffering so deeply. <laughs> the only way they can cover it up is to kill people. They have to get rid of that suffering, so they put it in a, what is it, AR-15? And they pull the trigger, and they end their suffering for a few minutes. That's what we're all doing. As soon as you pull your finger out of the holster and start pointing at someone else, this is a way that you get rid of something that is your responsibility. How you feel is your responsibility. I don't care how many triggers come along. You can't separate one thing from another because there are no separate things. But you have to realize that. You have to see it. You have to see it all the way down to your feet, all the way out through the top of your head, all the way to the center of the earth without limit. You have to see that. And the only way you can do is look at the limits. And how do you look at the limits? Start out with that limit, the wall. Sit down in front of the wall and train your mind to see the truth yourself. So you don't have to get your truth from this old man or from the Buddhist Dharma or anything. You, you actually, when you see what this is, Buddhism comes apart because it's just a raft. Excuse me. It's just a, a structure, a set of ideas, concepts that can move you towards ultimate truth. But once you start getting near ultimate truth, 
it's going to be more difficult because that's scary to what the self-centeredness that thinks it's real somebody who can win or lose live or die succeed or fail this is a good it seems like we function or i guess i can't speak for anybody else but i function out of a fear of feeling my feelings are our emotions any threat is there a threat with them is there what a threat can they harm us Ultimately, you can't be harmed because who you are ultimately is beyond beyond any kind of threat. But who you who you think you are, who you relatively are, yes, that's not going to feel so good. And what do I say there? Do it anyway. What else are you going to do with your life besides do what most of the world is doing and go in circles and chase their own tail, thinking it's something else? But it's their own projection they're, cha- they're chasing. There's no way you can find anything that is other because that's the main illusion. There is no other. But first you have to see there's there's no self in order to see there's no other. Do it anyway. Sit down, hold still, face the wall, and then be responsible. When I say be responsible, I'm saying whatever this dynamic is that we tend to call me is actually just a, a biological organism that that has uh, receives uh, uh, sen- senses feeling fingertips taste touch hearing seeing thoughts are all received and then the, the imputation is that there's somebody here because my hand i can cross my arms or i can so look the illusion of control you have a little bit of say so when i say you this dynamic has some control not much not much. If you were put in charge of everything that's going on in consciousness here, instead of just um, uh, packing up, going to the store, or taking a shower, or combing your hair, if you were put in charge of the whole thing, you'd be dead in 30 seconds because you wouldn't know how to control your blood sugar, your blood flow. Consciousness is doing this. And is that consciousness a self? It's no more a self than what is behind this voice. It's no longer a self than what just asked the question. There is no one there. It's not, there's not a big vacuum there. It's what you begin to see is the nature of consciousness and the nature of dependent origination. And you can do that. I may be here another three weeks, but remember what I said. You're a young woman. You have a long life ahead of you, more than likely. Don't miss your life by trying to change or be somebody different, be whatever shows up in the mind stream so that you can see there's no solid being there. There's just consciousness only. If you want an identity, consciousness only. Hey, that right there, you are that. You're not separate from that, nor am I. And where did it come from? I have no idea. It doesn't have an origin. More. Like with that shout just now, the feeling that came up with it didn't actually do anything. I'm still sitting here like it was a moment ago. So what are we actually afraid of? Damn, do I know. Stephen King? He's pretty scary. Imagine what it would be like to be him. Look what he has to download on everybody so he's not afraid. Just write stories. (laughs) Gets rid of all those crazy dreams. More. From Divine, Jeremy from, uh, I think, Washington. 
If I understand triggered emotions cause suffering, can you talk more about the causes of suffering? Well, the, simply put, the cause of suffering is thinking that there's uh, something else, something, thinking that something is missing, thinking that you need something else. And, and the, the problem there is that belief in a separate self that propels that whole thing. What do you think, Jacob? What do you think? What do you think, Jacob? You have a big grin on your face. What's that about? I think a lot of this has been mirrored lately for me and my thoughts the last few years here. And I'm, I'm grinning at the similarities. Very good. So when are you heading for the Appalachian Trail? Uh, I'm not sure if it's very soon or if it's in the spring. Okay, good luck. Thank you. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Is avoiding the trigger covering up the path? If I'm understanding what you're asking, I would say probably, but the awareness that you're avoiding the, uh, the trigger might be more important than, than trying to not avoid that. In other words, control it, just to notice that you, you, don't wanna, you don't want that trigger. So you go and thumb through a Time magazine or something. Have a good trip, Bob. So the, the awareness is what I emphasize here, is the awareness of what's coming and going, the awareness of that. And there, uh, along with that might be, that's if I go that direction, that's going to trigger me. So you may, you may not go that direction. It would be choiceless. I say don't do anything unless you have to. And if you, if you don't have to, um, deal with that trigger, then stay in the other room, read Time Magazine. So it's about the awareness of that, not about having some kind of control where you manage to stay away from the trigger, or you're just going to go into the trigger and just take your medicine or something. More? Good question. Is having emotions triggered help us see what this is? Yes, if you can just receive them without any addition, with no, no, no passion, explanation, no aggression, Stop it, get out of here, I can't stand this anymore. And no ignorance, who cares? I don't care, I'm not gonna think about this. I'm gonna think about uh, you know, who uh, won the latest uh, hockey game. More? If the emotions are triggered and we follow it up with that commentary, are we just fueling the circularity? Probably. But the awareness that you're fueling it uh, is, is more important. The awareness is the important part of what's happening. So as you're just aware, but you don't add anything on. And if you do add, add something on, then be aware of that. So the awareness is always primary to use a, a, a polarized uh, image or construct. Go ahead. How do I know when to step into the triggering? You'll know. Sitting meditation, lots of sitting meditation, and all you're really doing, you could call it something else. You could call it, you could rename the meditation. It's a matter of sitting down, holding as still as you can without being rigid, and watching what your personal mind stream continues to do without accepting it, without rejecting it. There's passion and there's aggression, and without turning away, ignoring it, or shifting gears into some other dithyram. Go ahead. Yes, sir. 
I believe earlier you said uh, nothing causes anything else. Yes. And then um, I'm curious, with dependent origination, doesn't everything cause everything else? Yes. Uh, so what is... What same same thing. Okay. So nothing... Don't agree to it. <laughs> I just realized I did. Uh, so <laughs> okay. So okay. they're the opposite. No. They're the same. What's the, what, what am I missing? Mm. You're missing, what you're missing is you think there's something else. That's what you're missing, but there isn't anything else. It's, it's startling and it's completely flat and ordinary at the same time. That's what the yell is about. It's just, what, what, what am I yelling for? There's no for, there's no because. It's just that. I'm sitting up here because I understand something about this and I have people that apparently would like to hear what I have to say about it. So I'm teaching. More. I don't know what to ask. Good, good place to be. Yes. Is our reaction to that shout an indication of anything? No. It scared me. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, sir. How do we become more familiar with like uncomfortableness or things that we bounce out of very quickly and it doesn't show up on the cushion very often? So good, good one. It doesn't need to show up on the cushion. That's a very good point. What happens as you practice, I'm saying this is a period of years, not six months, period of years, year after year after year, as you go along, as you continue to return to the wall, return to the cushion, Return, return to just receiving what arises in the mind stream. Hold very still, sit symmetrical. What you're, what's happening there will be, what occurs in the mind stream there will be less and less. And it, it, might, it might be boring after a while. It might flatten right out where you've sat for three or four hours and not particularly, particularly felt like anything happened. Well, probably not much did. But that's how you train your mind. It's not about having a wonderful uh, whoop-de-doo experience on the cushion. Like, I just left my body. Uh, I think I'm having visions of Johanna. Who is that? Is that Bob Dylan? No. So if that's about training. That's, that's the sharpening of the, of the blade across the stone of reality. Sit down, hold still. And receive, 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 receive until nothing shows up. And when nothing shows up, then that's when you you start to see in your everyday life and the so-called relativity of, of your life, brushing your t teeth, putting on your jacket, uh, stepping uh, stepping off the back steps, which are painted green, but they're all covered with ice, so you're being very careful. You wish there that you had put a railing on there last winter or last spring so that now you'd have something to hang on to because it's slippery. I'm, I'm saying all of that is arising. You're ex extremely clear about everything. There is no longer any past or future. There's just this. And, and as soon as I say that, I, I, st I start to get choked up. What, what, what's, what is this getting choked up about? Because I'm looking at something that I'm looking 
receiving something that is overwhelming. Maybe you're not interested in this. Maybe you don't want to be a big crybaby like I am. What are you receiving? I have no idea. I have no name for it. It's just overwhelming. So therefore that happens. But it happens quite often when I, when I begin to describe what this is. Because there, are, there is no description for it. So what comes out instead of an outflow of, well, the fundamental nature of reality is this, 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 and this, and this happens, and this happens, and this happens, or this doesn't happen, this appears, and yet it's no, it's no appearance because nothing can actually appear because of the lack of substance of any otherness that is trying to appear as a what. And so therefore we call it what. So we call it what, we call it suchness, because something happens. What are you grinning about? <laughs> Something happens, but you have no description. So people like Vasubandhu, uh, Nagarjuna, Dogen Zenji, and all the other teachers, including the Buddha down through the centuries, see this and they begin to talk about it or point to it. We come up with words like tatata or tatagatagarbha or uh, suchness or as it is or just this. Because the elseness is gone. The elseness of the past is gone. There never was a past. The future is gone. There never was a future. There's just this. And even this is questionable. And why is it questionable? Because there's no solid substance here. These words are, are just words. And we bring our sense of meaning to the words. This is what, how language works. This is why you, you need, if you're going to train the mind, you need to train the mind and not test it. Don't look for results. Don't test anything. Our whole education system, as you've heard me talk about perhaps before, is, uh, I don't want to be too impolite, but maybe baloney would work. It's because it's about controlling people. It's about teaching people, children, in such a way that you test them so that you can see who's ahead, who's behind. It's all competition, control, control, the politics of experience in the West, basically but in the East also, you do not have to get ahead. There is no ahead. And this isn't doing away with the incredible intelligence some people have that is much more insightful, deep, and, and, um, um, and clear than person three doors down who may just have to uh, mow lawns for a living. So, but the differentiation is something we add on. Well, this person is a, a neuroscientist. I think I've got a couple out there. <laughs> I know I do. And then someone else is someone like me with no education. I don't have a degree. Just spent a lot of time looking at the nature of the mind with the help of my teachers. So therefore, I'm able to talk about. Further question? Yes. You said uh, initially that nothing actually happens. And you also said there's a landslide that is insistent, full, and with direction. I'm basically talking about karma. The illusion that something is occurring uh, is, is a dependent origination. The landslide of otherness 
that we believe is true. It's not that there aren't solid forms in this particular dimension, in this, in this, uh, this particular frequency of manifestation or this realm. There's another realm I can, the one I often use is I just point out, this is real, this is here, but you cannot kill the blue alligator in the kitchen because it's there, I just created it in your mind, in my mind. It might be your kitchen, it might be our kitchen, it might not be a kitchen, it might be a really big alligator, it might be a small one. You might not know what an alligator looks like and you might be seeing a blue crocodile. Wrong. But what I'm saying is that has a reality to it because I created it immediately with your help, with the help of your consciousness. We are not separate from each other. The, the, the illusion that we're separate is so incredibly powerful that we'll, we'll hurt each other to protect our imaginary selfhood identity instead of having respect for, other, for everyone who's in the same human realm we're in, having difficulty here. So that, you might be able to take this stick and hide it from me, steal it, but you can't steal that alligator because it's uncreated, but yet it's created. It's created because we all have some experience of that. Even if you're not particularly imaginative or visual, some, some kind of aspect has been shown up there depending on your uh, expertise or ability to imagine anything. I just imagined uh, some, uh, remember those fuzzy, you guys that are, anybody here? Yeah, where am I going with that? Anybody know? Does anybody know where I'm going with that? I know where I'm going. Fuzzy dice hanging on the mirror in 1956. So you can't go there, but you just went there. So did you actually go there? Did I create that? Did you create that? Did you have a memory of that? Did you read about that somewhere? Took it out. Almost called you by your other name. Respond, please. That's the question. Yeah, that one. Okay. Yes, sir. When the emotion is triggered and it seems like I can't receive it, I just spin into thoughts. How can I receive it? Just watch the thoughts. A lot of sitting meditation and just observe the thoughts come and go without any kind of condiments. Don't add anything to it. <clears throat> What's cooked up by the by the, that spontaneous aspect of the mind that seems to be triggered where something comes into view, don't shut it out by saying, oh, that's not true. Don't validate it by saying, well, that's true because of, because of, because, because, and don't turn away don't do anything. Three poisons over and over and over again as the teaching instruction that, that you have to actually do. You have to hear it and understand the pushing away is aggression. The drawing to you or explaining or blaming is passion. And the distracting is uh, ignorance. This doesn't mean we stop having passion, aggression, and ignorance, but it, it's, you could say that it has a more, it is balanced. It's uh, passion about making beautiful music or art or writing or, or going to the playground with children. Very refreshing thing to do. No real agenda with children. You watch them and they, they just go all over the place. They're like monkeys <laughs> and we watch them, protect them, allow them to play, allow your mind to play. I was just taking you through a 
playground in my own mind there a few moments ago. Everything is happening. Everything is receiving. Everything, everything is just tumbling into this mind stream. And does that put me ahead of everybody? I'm somehow some special guy? Nope. Ordinary, just ordinary. Tamogishapa, just ordinary mind. Yes. Adriana from Kalamazoo asks, how can I distinguish between being triggered and just allowing myself to react authentically in the moment? All you have to do is watch that you're triggered and don't think about authentically in the moment. That's, uh, there's nothing to live up to. That's setting up a standard. I mean, you might be able to describe it that way at some point, but not when you're, not when you're training to do that. Then you're trying to test yourself before you even finished your training. There'll be no test. There'll be no, there, there won't be a test. Path never ends. Go ahead. Divine Ath from the UK asks, are, I, are anxiety and guilt related? Are they deep down one and the same? And how to get rid of them via being them? As you kindly once said to be the anxiety until it dissipates. Thanks a lot. So the idea there is not to torture yourself by being the anxiety in that way, but to not resist whatever a part of the anxiety or the guilt that needs to, to show up. Just, just observe that, just watch that showing up. And if you notice there's a knee jerk or a spontaneous uh, fear-based reaction to it, then just watch that. As soon as you can, being a meditator, strengthening the awareness, prioritizing the awareness, the space in which things occur, not the thing. If you grasp at the thing, then, then we're right back to fixation, passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear. <clears throat> we want to control it. Go ahead. Can we see beyond the emotion? Like, can we see the, does it help us see the identity, the ego? I, I feel that you can do that, yes. A lot of sitting meditation so that the spaciousness uh, you, you may not have realized your true nature yet, but what starts to precede that is a sense of humor. In the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the pain, you begin to see that there's some kind of openness there, that uh, there's a reason why birds can fly. It's not because they have wings, it's because they have the space. Wings are just a, a secondary to the spaciousness of it. They just happen to show up. Go ahead. Can the same thing be said for gratitude to, or is that too much ego to? No, don't I, give me an or. When, no, I don't want when any the emotion gets triggered, what, what do you want? Can say you be, it. Try, can you be grateful for that emotion? You could. Yes, you could be be grateful uh, that, uh, as uh, Trungpa Rinpoche said in his uh, book, um, The Myth of Freedom, I think it was published in 1975. Uh, I can't remember the chapter. He says the function of the teacher, I think he used the word guru, which is just teacher. The function of the teacher is to insult you, but not without your permission. You have to, you have to give the teacher permission because the teacher, if he or she or they are a true teacher, uh, are no longer an individual, but even though there's a physical form here, waving around or picking their nose or whatever, there's a still but there's no belief in a solid being anymore. Uh, therefore, they're nobody special. And they also know that you're nobody special. But they, when they look at you or talk to you and listen to you ask questions, they can see that you think you're somebody. And so then they 
look at you like both of my teachers did for me and insulted me right where it hurt. It was painful. But at the same time, it was painful. Uh, I knew that they were looking at something over here that I was not looking at, that I couldn't see. I was too embarrassed. I was too worried about not being a special person. I was too worried about, um, and I was too ashamed of my confusion, of my self-centeredness. They were both kind enough to not buy into that bullshit. And they both, in, in different ways, are two completely different teachers, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche and Kobanjino Roshi. Two totally different. They knew each other, but they taught differently, completely differently. I'm not like either one of them. And you don't have to be anything like me or anything like them or anything like anybody. You get to actually be who you are. Don't miss your life. Train your mind. Return to the wall. Return to the wall. Return to the teacher, the teaching, and the community. Those three seem to be very important. Take one of them away. I'm not saying you won't realize your true nature, but I think that's a pretty good tripod. Or so when we're inflamed with an emotion, is it possible to look deeply at whatever that emotion is or beyond that emotion instead of acting out of that emotion? So if you're, I'll, I'll do it this way. If you're receiving, here's the emotion. And if you're receiving the emotion, you're receiving the emotion, then there's less likelihood of reacting to the emotion and producing out of it to blame someone, something, anything else. This is the way we get rid of it. This is the way this, uh, uh, this person in Florida who, who killed people had the emotions and had them and had them and had no way of working with them. Had to eventually, it was just either that or kill, kill himself, and he, which he did after he killed three people, killed himself. Intense, intense uh, hatred. So, but there's no way for that person to work with it. The society, the structure, the world is all based on control, power, and uh, white people, basically, seems. People in power, they may not always be white anymore. Uh, anybody can get on the throne, it seems. Be king of the universe. So that's a, a way that that person can get, get rid temporarily of their insanity, their craziness. They, they just go and emphasize the duality. I can't let them live any longer. But the, what, what the person is killing or doing away with is their own uh, killing himself, basically, killing the intense suffering that they're dealing with. One more question on the a triggered emotion. Yes. Can that tell us anything about the absolute truth in that moment? Might be a ways away. It might be when I say that, I'm just saying if you're having intense emotions triggered, then have to work with that. The absolute is the underlayment, the substrate of anything that's relative. This, it's here, and now it's gone. 
plus and minus up and down, back and forth. Life and death is the big one. That's the big mystery because we're alive for uh, 50, 60, 70 years or whatever. And we're here. And, and this is an intense reality of we're here. We're somebody. Yes, there's something happening there, but it's not a separate. It's not separate from everything else, nor is it the same. That's why it's so difficult. That's why it is a relative showing up as the absolute. Samvri Satya, Paramartha Satya. Those are fancy words that people used centuries ago in Sanskrit to describe relative truth and absolute. They're called the two truths. So if you, if you, if you see what this is, you, you're always looking at the absolute, even if the relative is in front of you. You see reality yourself. You see it. And it does not depend on there being a physical form here. Although there are eyes, consciousness. There's ears, consciousness. There's thoughts, consciousness. But if there's a conclusion, we're right back to relative truth, right and wrong, war and peace. It needs to be seen. You need to see it with your consciousness. You need to train your mind to see clearly so you're no longer hoodwinked, fooled by your own self-deception. The only way you can have self-deception is if there's an imaginary self that doesn't like this and likes that, passion, aggression, ignorance, passion, aggression, and uses the outside world to validate, judge, or fuel the self-centered war that led this person to kill people. It's that intense, wanting to kill people and actually doing that. Hey, Hong Go ahead. I have two questions. First question. Um, I want to grow myself, expand myself. My first question is for this path, is that a concern to grow relatively? This is the first part. Is that a concern? Second part is how can I utilize this growth, the relative growth to help me on this path? So I'm, I'm, not uh, opposed to any kind of growth or learning or the whole relative situation that is laid out all over the place. I'm just saying that since you're asking me, I'm saying make sure you spend a lot of time training that which uh, is aware, that the awareness part of it. In other words, sit down, which you already do. You practice sitting meditation, as I understand, I understand, understand that you do. And as far as growth, um, that's a that's a word that uh, that emphasizes the relative nature of things. Not wrong. Not, you can just be very aware of what's happening there. Probably the most important area to look at with with anything that has a strong relative uh, phraseology there, a word, a description, is your intention. What is your intention? I could say, what do you want? What do you, why do you want to grow? Why do you want growth? I might say that to you. But rather than me say it, it might be better for you to say it yourself rather than I don't need to interrogate you or test you. I'm emphasizing and encouraging you to see who you are. The main issue in the world is mistaken identity, thinking there's a, a person over here and there's a person over here or a person here. That uh, is an illusion, a big one. Thank you. Um, when you ask me, when you ask the question why I want to grow, I want to utilize my capacities, which I haven't discovered yet, to help. 
in that way, I do feel there's a sense of separation. Um, can it be a concern if I wear, if I'm, I'm aware of that? I'm not, I'm not concerned about, I would say just proceed along, do, do what you think you should do. You don't have to become a monk. You don't have to move into a monastery. If, if uh, I would say, if you, if you need to be a, become a monk, uh, nobody's going to be able to stop you. And so it's not, it's not, there's no, no requirement. I don't have any requirement. Do whatever you want to do. But if you're a student of mine, then I would say, train your mind, get to the cushion, return to studying with the teacher, studying the teachings and study with the community or with other people, might just be one or two other people, or it might be a whole group of people, it might be people in the monastery or people online these days on Zoom, people you may have never met face to face, study with others, discuss the material with others. And then what you do beyond that, as far as growth or your functioning, you're a teacher. Uh, and I would just say, do whatever you need to do. There, there's no, there's no, if you were, if you were here and you were a monk, then that might be somewhat limited because you'd be functioning in, uh, in this particular mandala to support a, a monastery that is about inviting people to come in, not just the people over here training their minds, but to invite others to come who might be live three blocks away or live in Lansing or in Grand Rapids or somewhere else where it might want to come and actually have the opportunity to train their minds without any requirement to believe anything. If you're, if you're studying what the Buddha taught, it's not a belief system. Not that some people don't use Buddhism as a belief system. It doesn't look that way over here. Thank you. My second question is, what's the difference between you What's that? This is your fourth question. Okay. I don't, I'm not good with numbers, but I'm not that bad. Okay. My first question is, what's the difference between you as our teacher and students regarding receiving of the three poisons? Bowie. Uh, you, I can, I, several ways I can say it. One is, uh, is you fight against the three poisons or you agree with them. You go, you go for the uh, passion of, of judging something or accusing someone, or you go against uh, anger or something because you think that's bad, needs to be stopped. Uh, or you, I could do the same thing with ignorance. You distract yourself from that because this is more important, or you deliberately distract yourself, or you try not to distract yourself. You take a position on everything. And the difference between you or students and me is I am the three poisons, always. Not separate from anything. I'm my worst fear, always. So there isn't. A, uh, that's why I, occasionally I just come apart. It's intense, and I, what it is, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not going to speculate. Well, maybe it's this, or maybe it's the Dharmakaya talking to me. No, I am the Dharmakaya. When I say that, it's not a bragging point. It's just that not separate. And so to respond to your question as clearly as I can, I can't see anything else. Everywhere I look, I see this. And I know if I were to say it, personalize it, I would say I see myself everywhere. But since there is any self, I really don't see anything. And is that some kind of fancy spinning around, you know, the, to uh, confuse you or make things more difficult? Well, I hope not. Bowing. The yes. follow-up question uh, regarding the three poisons. Five. We, five. 
Okay, five questions. But my fifth question is: When you have the your thoughts regarding、uh, the three poisons, which you are, how how do you work with that, Bowing? I don't. It just it just runs me. I, I don't make any decisions. There's no one left to decide this or that. I'm at the mercy of everything. I'm at the mercy of your questions. I'm at the mercy of everyone who. If you think you're a student of mine, if you are a student, I'm all yours. I don't have a I don't have a personal life. It's not that I don't go to the restaurant and eat, but there's there's I'm not separate from anything. I'm not separate from the table. It's not some kind of magical feeling where whoop de do, you know, I'm one with everything. No, it's not an experience. If it's an experience, then there's an experiencer. Right back to that polarity. No, it's just this. The title of the weekly or the daily、um, weekday evenings is as it is, as it is meditation. That's just as it is. We do the same thing. We, which looks up, looks differently. Same thing looks different every night, every night, every night. As it is. So,、uh, soku, soku is immediate or this immediate soku. Zan or so immediate mountain or Soku Koji, order of immediate light. Yes. Underbowing. Yeah, from UK has another question. Is it okay to meditate while standing symmetrically for hours, or is sitting preferred? I know it is harder to do it, but it seems that awareness is way much sharper, less sleepiness. Good point. I would say、uh, the way you asked the question, I would say not a problem. The important part there. What was the name of this person? This is Ath. A T H. Ath. So,、uh, important part of it is a stillness, and not maintaining stillness, not standing like、uh, military,、um, but stillness. You hold still. You can put your hands like so, or like so, and stand, and hold still, and do that for as long as you can without struggle. Straighten your back, stretch out your neck a little bit, and then take that position, and then just hold that, looking at the wall or or something where nothing is happening. Yeah, I think that's fine. The stillness is what's important, not sitting in the lotus posture or any of that other stuff. Yes. Adriana asks, should I endeavor to not react to triggers? No, no, just watch them. So that you get, so you get some understanding. It's like watching a bird fly from one tree to another. So at first, it, 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 it's going to be difficult to actually observe that because the tendency to want to comment on it before it's even hit the other tree is powerful, overwhelming, and the self-centeredness, which is operating out of fear. Someone who's really afraid doesn't know it. If you're really afraid, you're probably a meditator. But if you, if you Are afraid and don't know it, then you you cover it up with aggression. You cover it up with excuses, all kinds of things. So just be aware of that. Just be aware of what's going, but don't don't necessarily stop it. It, it will stop when it needs to stop. It will stop、uh, when you, when you when the self-centered part of the mind that still has not been seen through as as a being unreal. Leading up to that, seeing that there really isn't anyone here. Before you do that, before you still, when you still believe there's a self, it's going to start showing up as humility, because you're going to realize how helpless you are, completely helpless. You can't do anything. You're full of it.
you're full of self-deception, very, very difficult. Lead, the leading edge when you lead up and then when real, if there is realization, it's not an event. It's not an experience. You will not experience it. If you experience it, you still have work to do. There's still an experience you're there. It's beyond that. It's vast. It's profound. Vast. Vast. Look up. Go, go out and look at the ground. You want a contrast? Go out and look at the dirt under your feet. Pick up your feet and look at what you were just standing on. You're standing on a, a gigantic ball of dirt or rock in the middle of nowhere. You have no reference point other than that. That's enough. Now sit down on it and train your mind. And if you need to, if you want to see the truth, look up. Just look up, especially at night. Say, figure that out. More? Kotishkin from Spain asks, Hmm. So the moment I stop reacting and putting myself in front of others is a good sign of progress in the path? Read that again. So the moment I stop reacting and putting myself in front of others, is this a good sign of progress in the path? No, the, the, the area that I'm endeavoring to point out here is to be aware that you're reacting. Don't try to stop it. No control. And this also doesn't mean that you that I'm giving you instructions to go ahead and yell, yell at people or hit people or, or go ahead and be genuine in the sense of uh, some kind of outflow. Uh, pretty hard to see progress on the path in the relative way you're asking about it. But the, uh, my idea that you're having progress on the path is, did you, did you sit for 20 hours last week? I would call that progress regardless of how you feel about it. Because I know that that blade has to be sharpened on, a, on the stone of reality, on the stone of just the wall or just or your foot hurting. But you sit there anyway. Or standing up, like the Ath was asking about standing up and holding very still. So some people have really bad leg problems, back problems. Might, standing up might be a good uh, alternative to that sitting. Dustin asks, at this point in my practice, Dharma is of supreme value in my life. And yet, whether by fear or ignorance, I am still caught in the motions of my ordinary life. What would you advise? Keep sitting. And uh, if you can find a way, whether it's in your neighborhood or if it's on Zoom, uh, join, connect with uh, the three jewels. Very important, especially the last one. The, the community is so very important, and it is often missed because we we're put in a in a room with a, or in a group with a bunch of people we don't like half of them. We just we don't really like ourselves either, but it's easier to dislike ourselves and others. It's called a projection. Go ahead. Destin is from New York City and uh, has another. Uh, statement, I think. Yes. Split between devoting myself to only Dharma, that is my time and labor, and knowing that there isn't anything to do but what's being done right now. Question? Well, that would, uh, insofar as I can squeeze a question out of that, I'm, I'm not sure, but find a, it doesn't have to be this community, find a community, might, you might, or find a teacher, might not be this teacher. Find, you need a, need a teacher. You need somebody who can, uh, who can 
relate to you where you're at rather than try to get you to follow orders. Yes, sir. Sometimes when you've talked about the emotions, you'll say the it's triggering unexamined emotions. If we begin to examine our emotions, does it change what the trigger does to them? Perhaps somewhat. What is it you want to know? Simply. Is, is the fact that the, the trigger is producing emotions or we're outflowing emotions, is that an indication that we're not seeing that situation clearly? But somewhat. But rather than go back, go into the situation and try to wrestle with that and get some more clarity out of it by, you know, spreading the rib cage out so you can see. Don't have to do that. Just just allow it to be what it, allow it to show up and allow it to go away. Allow it to turn over. Allow, allow, allow. It's just a, when I'm saying allow, that's all meditation is, is sitting down and allowing anything that wants to keep moving to go ahead other than your body. You're going to hold your body. You are going to hold your body still and watch what continues to ramp up or move or shift. So that includes what your question is about. Just, just observe that too. Watch the outflows. We receive the, 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 the sense of hearing doesn't produce any sound. The sense of taste does not produce a taste sense of, you know, you know, the a sense of thinking does not produce thoughts. It just looks like it. Look closely. If you think you think, I don't think so. There isn't anyone. Oh, the illusion is you think there's a thinker who's thinking. But this is the very nature of consciousness to find its own form. And if the if it runs into the planet Earth, it's gonna what is it gonna find? The form of confusion and control and demand and warfare and war and peace. You might go to another ball of dirt in the middle of nowhere where it would be uh, just uh, serenity or magnanimity without any uh, polarization happening because there would be no separation. You wouldn't necessarily have a group of lemmings there or it wouldn't necessarily be an ant colony, but could be more. You teach it's, it's always about the awareness when we're looking more closely at something or investigating, is there nothing that we even need to see in that if it's about the awareness? Um, no, the, the objects that are moving, the ideas, the emotions, the thoughts, the memories, the, all that. It's about watching that. So that's the only way you'll know about the space is to watch what moves in the space until you see that that which moves in the space is space. This is, real, this is just a simple way of talking about realization, which cannot be accomplished because it's already the case. It's already an open hand. Just have to quit closing it. And how do you do that? You watch yourself tighten up, tighten up, tighten up. Just watch the tightening up. Go ahead. So is the, is the path to seeing that fundamentally, does that look like seeing the relative situation more precisely? Yes. Um, without, without adding, without, without particular adding to it, no comment. Just watch what's coming and going, including your feelings about it. Those are also coming and going, but they look like you're having a feeling about something that kind of validates that. So then you can either blame somebody or blame yourself or try to eliminate it or try to improve. 
more. Shuttle bowing. If we're looking at a situation and it looks like it's getting blurrier or less clear, is is that um, untrue? Bowing. Not necessarily. If you may be more, you may you may be be becoming more clear about the extent of the confusion, which could look more blurry or more confusing. But you're you could even say it this way: you're finally starting to look at something you've been successful at covering up for years, and you're starting to actually look at the complete what can of worms or whatever you want to say. So you're you're able you will be able to actually bring that into consciousness or allow that to crawl into consciousness so that you can see it. Don't you don't have to get rid of it. Don't fix anything. As you I'm sure it's misunderstood in different ways, but I'm here to answer questions about it. Don't improve. I'm not saying there won't be improvement. I'm saying that the the ego mind that wants to improve does not want to improve without a, without getting a credential for it. So that's the that's the area that makes it difficult. So improvement is fine, just like with uh, Yu Hung's question about wanting to have growth. Well, knowing Yu Hung, I would say that in the way she's asking the question, I see no no issue with that at all. To have growth, to learn more, to work with uh, her, not only her own kids, but other uh, students that she has. So it seems to be fine to me. So my understanding you to say that the, the blurriness or the precision of what's showing up um, isn't really an indication of where we're at? Like, is that a fair understanding? Yes. Navid Bowing? Navid, we'll take your question and then we'll, we'll close, unless you have five questions. I have one question. <laughs> um, if, for example, someone betrays you, yes. uh, it, is it still your ego if you become upset uh, about the inherent wrongness that they've done rather than becoming upset um, because, of the, because of the thing that they've done to you? Bowing. Could you either paraphrase or just tell me what you want to know? Um, I just, uh, I want to know if, if, for example, someone betrays you, is it still your ego if you feel um, upset because of, because, of the, because of the inherent wrongness that they've done? Okay. So, yes, they, they, they may have betrayed you or lied to you or misled you or something like that. That's still... It's still there and it still functions, uh, but but your reaction to it, your emotionality about it, is uh, is fueled by your uh, presumption or your preconception that you're separate from that person and you're separate from everything else, and that somehow the the emotions that you're having having are are valid in the relative sense of right and wrong, but you cannot see the you cannot see the complete depth of. Uh, causes and conditions. So all we see is just the leading edge. This moved through the space and caused that. So we, we, we look at what they said or did. They betrayed us, but we don't know what it's like to be that person. We can speculate, but we don't know all the causes and conditions that led up to that particular incident. 
and we don't know the interaction between your consciousness and that other consciousness. Consciousness uh, appears in body forms and leaves. It's called life and death. But who you are doesn't go anywhere. Consciousness is not a separate item. That's the illusion part of it. We uh, uh, Consciousness is downloaded into this human form, and you think you're somebody going somewhat, somewhere who can succeed or fail. And if you have a, a natural ability to play music, you think that's some wonderful thing about you. You're so talented. Another person loves music but can't, uh, uh, can't hum a tune or whatever in there. So it's just the, the combinations of causes and conditions are so powerful and so complicated. So it's not to do away with what you said. You could still include that, but also have an understanding that there, there's no real blame. Uh, even though the person did what they did, uh, harmed you, betrayed you, probably, this is speculation, but it's probably uh, close to being uh, uh, accurate, is they're, they're doing what they're doing because of their fear. One of the ways that people cover up their fear is to shift that difficulty onto someone else. And there's lots of ways of doing that. The movies are full of those ideas of trying to take this and put it over there in, in the form of, um, weapons in the form of uh, anger, in the form of arguments, in the form of courtroom battles, in the form of arguing at the kitchen table, uh, filing for divorce, all the all the crazy, uh, crazy uh, polarities that are going on. So coming back to your question, I would say, don't, I'm not saying you should go in and forgive anybody. I think that's also uh, a misunderstanding. There's, there is really is no one to forgive. There's no one to be forgiven. There isn't anyone. So when we go into that kind of polarity, then we're reinforcing the self-centeredness where we can let somebody off the hook or we have some kind of power to excuse someone's karma. You have no power for that. You, the power that I would encourage you to use is the power to get up off the couch and go over, sit on your cushion, face the wall, and train your mind so that you can see clearly. You don't, you don't need this guy. Not that you even need me now. So see that. So coming back to your question, if it's if it hurts or if it's painful to think about that dynamic, I would just uh, just the hurt the pain is yours. Even though they may have done something that triggered uh, the pain, still it's your pain. Uh, it's not yours in the sense of ego, but yours in the sense of the consciousness that shows up as uh, as Navid, who's lifting uh, lifting this or putting it back down who's taking a shower, who's going to bed at night, who's brushing your teeth, very simple things. That that person is not an ego. It's just a consciousness functioning as a living form, a human. But there's no solid uh, um, identity there, even though there's a lot of differ differentiate, differentiation between from one, from one human to the next. Even when they're two identical twins, they'll they'll show up as different. Further, Naveed? No, thank you. Thank you. I think we should close. Hi, my name is Shoka. I am a monk at Sokokoji, where I'm committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your support for our programming, including a scholarship fund to cover living and tuition costs for those who are practicing full-time at the monastery. Thank you for your generosity.